Welcome to another episode of The Raven Narratives. I'm Sarah Severson. And I'm Tom Yoder. We are the co-producers of The Raven Narratives. The story you're about to hear was told by Armida Huerta in October at our events at the Mancus United Methodist Church and the Durango Arts Center when the theme was belonging. These events were done in collaboration with the Mancus Creative District's We All Belong Arts and Society grant awarded through Colorado Creative Industries. Armida is an aspiring artist. She gravitates to the outdoors where Mother Nature's song nurtures her soul, inviting her more and more to be a human being rather than a human doing. Here is Armida's story. I live here in Mancus, and when people meet me, they say, you're not from here, are you? And I kind of chuckle, and I say, no, I'm not from here. I'm from San Francisco. And they say, well, how long have you lived in Colorado? And I say, well, this time I've lived here seven years. And they look at me kind of strangely, and I know what I'm talking about. And I tell them, I moved here for the first time uh, to Dove Creek. And people are like, what the hell? How did you find Dove Creek? (laughs) And I said, I know. So my story kind of begins um, when I was born, ironically. Um, (laughs) People say that a lot. (laughs) So I was born in San Francisco at Kaiser Hospital on Gary Street. And I was told that people would come from all over the hospital to come and see me, a baby in the nursery with shoulder-length hair. And uh, so that was my beginning. Um, And so from that point forward, I always felt different from my family, from my extended family, from friends, friends of family, and so forth. And the more I tried to belong... Uh, fit in with everybody and be like they were, the less I felt myself. And so the less I felt myself, the, the more internal I became. And so it went, this roller coaster ride. And so in college, I took some filler classes, psychology and market research and Chicano literature, and I, and I started to really learn about um, people, you know, how people thought and and why they did certain things, and um, so it just piqued my curiosity more. And then I um, graduated from university and started working at a market research company, um, Hispanic market research company, and there I met a woman uh, by the name of Diana Loaiza Peruvian, and she was great. We became pals, and at that time she was divorcing her husband, and I started, you know, I started saying that I was divorcing my family, because I was becoming independent. And, um, and so we became um, study partners, if you will, delving into self-help books and um, learning all about the Enneagram. And so we were, we were really good growing up pals at that time. And years later, she calls me up one day and says, hey, do you have $300 to put on a credit card? And I said, yeah, like, what's up? And she said, well, I heard about this thing called Landmark Education. She said, you should take the workshop. And I'm like, okay. So I called them. I took the workshop. And while I was there, I met a woman, um, we'll call her Shawnee. And she was sparkly-eyed and um, really fun-loving gal. And so 
she was, um, as I got to know her, she was a channeler, and she could see things I couldn't see and hear things I couldn't hear, and I just didn't really believe all of that. And being brought up a Mexican Catholic, that shit's, you know, it's a sin. You can't <laughs> go there. <laughs> so... So la-da-da, you know, she was part Native American, and I'm like, okay, you don't look it, but whatever. And, um, and so one night, we were on the phone, she was at her house, and I was at mine, and suddenly she says, I see you sitting on the floor, crouched down, uh, next to your futon, and I'm like looking all over the place going, where's the camera, because I know she can't see me because I was sitting in the exact same position. And so I was stunned. I was stunned because she could see me, but I couldn't see her, and she couldn't really see me. And so she invited me to participate in a workshop in LA, a body somatic workshop, and so I had to interview for it, and I was a good fit. So I went there, there were about 20 people, and the instructor would um, pair you up with an energetic match, whatever that meant. And um, I just went along with it. And so she would say, okay, everybody get in a circle. One person stands up, the other person observes. And she would instruct the person doing the exercise uh, by uh, guiding them on a journey and occupying their mind with a statement or a sentence. And she would say, allow your body to move any way that it wants to. The body knows. And so the observer would be taking notes. And then after about five or seven minutes, they'd say, okay, everybody sit down and share with your partner what you experienced, and then your partner share back what you observed. And nine times out of ten, it was the exact same thing. And so I started to open up more and more to this energy reading thing. And so... After about a year taking these classes, I woke up one morning and I thought, I feel too big for my body. And I'm like, what the hell does that mean? I'm like, I don't know, but that's exactly how I feel. That's the only, those are the only words that I can put to this feeling. And I'm just like, oh my God, what's going on? Am I going crazy? Um, maybe I should call a doctor. And I'm like, no, the doctor's going to put me on psych drugs. I don't want that. It's not going to tell me why I'm feeling this way. And so... I um, I heard about a woman uh, named Marisa Moran, an, an energy reader, over the phone. She came highly recommended through this workshop. And so I said, what do I have to lose? So I call her assistant, make an appointment. December 2017, I have an appointment with her, and she was so loving. She kind of caught me off guard. Hello, love. What can I help you with? And I said, well, you know, I know this sounds weird, but I feel too big for my body. And she's like, okay, not skipping a beat. Tell me the names of your immediate family. And I said, okay. So I tell her one by one the names of my family. I'm trying to protect them, if you can't tell. So um, all of a sudden, after a pause, she says, oh, dear you are so different. It's as if you are on one side and they are on the other. And in that moment, I started crying because I felt seen for the very first time in my life. And during that session, she said that, I, that she saw me working with large animals, and I'm like, ooh, lions and tigers, this is going to be great. And, um, and so she said many other things that just were surprising to me. How could she know these things about me? She doesn't know me or anybody that I know. 
And so um, after a few months, I, I Googled her. And when I Googled her, the only thing I could find was um, a profile of her on a website called Buffalo Woman Ranch. And she's a level three workshop facilitator. And, um, and so it was as if I went, okay, you know, I'm done with you, Marisa. Like, next, let's pick up Buffalo Woman Ranch. What is this? It's an equine facilitated healing ranch. And I'm like, what does that mean? So I read everything I could possibly read. It didn't answer my question. Some time went by again, and mid-March, I uh, summoned up the courage, and I called. And Robbie Nelson answered the phone. She was very warm. And I said, well, you know, I don't really know why I'm calling. And she says, oh, don't worry, we get that all the time. And so she made me feel at ease. And um, at that time, um, I said, you know, I know you have a work weekend workshop coming up, and um, I'm really interested in it. I don't know... Um, what it's about, she said, well, pick up a book called The Tao of Equus, and that should help you. And so I bought that book, read about 10, 20 pages, and realized that this book is not going to tell me why I need to go. I just know I need to go. So I registered for the weekend workshop, rearranged my life. Um, she then called me and said, um, around April, the 1st of April, and um, said, you know, we do need a volunteer for 10 days. Um, would you be willing to come for 10 days and um, get, pay a lower fee for the workshop? And I said, well, yeah, that'd be great. I could totally use more time with the horses. And so I made my way to Cortez, and this couple that I never met before picked me up, took me to the ranch, and I met everybody there. They all seemed very sweet and nice, and I was so tired because I had, like, two hours of sleep or something, and by 9 o'clock I was led to this room where I would be staying, a wooden yurt that was so um, nurturing and warm. It was like a, a sanctuary. When I closed the door, I felt like it was back in the mother's womb. And so when I was ready to go to sleep, turn off the lights, pillow hit my head, uh, or pillow, or down, my head down to the pillow, and... Um, and then um, I saw this image before me, and I was like, well, I know I'm not dreaming because I'm not asleep yet. So I'm like, I don't believe in this sort of thing. And so at 2 o'clock in the morning, I got up, went to the bathroom, same thing, went back to sleep. And this time, this image came to me very strongly. It would not be denied. And at that point, I was like, okay, I got it. I got it. And... In the morning, I went down to the main house where everybody was gathering for breakfast. And while there, Robbie asked me, how did you sleep? And I said, well, I had this vision. No, it was a dream. Well, it was an elder. No, it was a grandmother in a rocking chair. And I just really couldn't tell her what exactly I had seen because I wasn't sure. So she puts her arm around my shoulders, walks me over to the dining room, points at this photo on the wall and said, is this the person who came to you? And I said, well, maybe. And as I look up to the left, I see the exact photo of this woman, um, a Hopi grandmother, Grandmother Caroline, staring straight at me with that stern look in her face that I will not be denied. And I was like pointing like, uh, uh, that, that, that's the woman that came to me. And I was having a hard time catching my breath. Robbie guides me to the kitchen, pulls out a chair. He says, here, sit down. I said, no, that's too high. I plop myself down on the floor. And legs outstretched, Robbie starts pulling off my boots and my socks, starts hitting acupressure points on the bottom of my feet. 
And then all of a sudden, I look up, and I look up into these beautiful blue crystal, blue loving eyes, and Robbie looks at me and says, you've come home. And I knew with every part of my being that she was right. Thank you. Thank you, Armida, for telling that story. To pitch your story for a future Raven Narratives event, fill out the contact form on our website at ravennarratives.org. And we're currently looking for storytellers for our upcoming events in February of 2019, when the theme will be love. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and share these stories with your friends. Big thanks goes to photographer McCarson Lee of Red Scarf Shots. Check out the portraits of our storytellers on the gallery page of the Raven Narratives website and be sure to visit her website at redscarfshots.com. And thanks to our fiscal nonprofit sponsor, Mancus Valley Resources. Find out more about all the wonderful projects they support in the Mancus Valley of Colorado at mancusvalleyresources.com. The website for buying Raven Narratives tickets, ravennarrativestickets.org, was created by Cortez Web Services. Find out how they can help your business online at cortezweb.com. Our theme music was written, composed, and performed by Jazar. And you can find out more about his music on SoundCloud or at freemusicarchive.org. Now for the outtake. <laughs> Awarded through the Colorado Creative. <laughs> so freaking close. That was a rough time to screw up. <laughs> <laughs> At the very end. It's basically the second to it's last the worst word. Worst place. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>